are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. late on the starship, and the night was blacker than black. The kind of black that reminds you of a cup of earth coffee brewed by a tired waitress at a 24-hour small-town diner. It's space, Captain. Of course it's dark out. Oh, stop it, Spock. I'm noir-rating. What? Listen, we talked about this. Computer, pause Kirk's kick-ass jazz noir playlist. Spock, after our last ep on BMO and play... A truly great 10th ep. Uh, yes, yes. Good job, us. Anyway, we decided that we need to incorporate more play onto the Starship Therapies. Particularly during these challenging global times, play is a key component to re-energizing and continuing the fight for the future. Did you see the UN... Yes, Spock. Global warming is leading to multiple genocides in our lifetime. It's terrible. And I literally can't. Sir? We talked about this. We're meeting with the Starfleet Admiralty tomorrow. Fat lot of help that'll do. Spock! I'm sorry, sir. You're right. My interrupting is reaching epic proportions. I've been working too hard. Clearly, I'm, I'm in need of play. That's what I've been saying! Ugh! All right. Time for intros and then back to our noir cosplay. I'm Larissa Garski, licensed marriage and family therapist, writer, researcher, and beleaguered first officer here on the Starship Therapies. And I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, writer, researcher, yogini, and captain of the Starship Therapies. Welcome aboard. Just a reminder to our listeners at home, just because we are therapists doesn't mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Back to our noir ship? Yes. Computer, continue Kirk's epic jazz noir playlist. It was a dark and stormy night. In space. I'd been up all day and most of the night. Although it all looks the same up here. I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. Ever since Marlena had come to see me with this case, I'd had the feeling I was putting one foot in the grave and one foot in the... <clears throat> Sir computer pause kirk's super cool jazz noir playlist spock we said no more interruptions of my noiration until you're cued to enter the introspective sidekick doesn't enter until page 29 that's a very long monologue sir are you new excellent point sir but perhaps our listeners would appreciate an explanation on what led us to exploring the noir narrator today Noir-a-tor. noir tour noir Spock, or it's over. <clears throat> All right. Noir-a-tor, sir. There! See, we're having more <laughs> fun already. Now, back to it. Yes, you were just going to explain why we chose this particular metaphor for today's app. I believe we were to be discussing the power of self-talk and the way it can be used for both good or ill. 
all right, fine. If we must pause our fun to just, I don't know, do our jobs, then ugh. I thought our informational sides were both technical and playful, sir. <sighs> well, I suppose they are. But maybe we could amp it up a bit this time. What do you say, Spock? Some noiration while we explain noirator? Absolutely, Captain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> Resume Kirk's most excellent jazz noir playlist. It was late one night when I was sitting on the bridge. It had been an eventful day. Warp coils to mend. Romulans to talk down from the brink of war. And a midship person, a red shirt, lay in recovery in sickbay. As I sat at the helm of my starship, surveying the galaxies before me, a seed of doubt began to bloom in my conscious mind. Had I made the right call today? Were the Romulans really swayed by my diplomatic tactics, or had they thought me a fool in an ill-fitting gold shirt? Why hadn't I seen a tailor about those lapels on my last shore leave? Does this shirt say, bring it, in the tone I wish to portray? Before I knew it, these thoughts had piled up, completely derailing my peaceful train of thought and filling me with a deep feeling of both discomfort and dread. Luckily, your first officer entered the bridge and explained in dulcet tones. Ugh, computer! Come on, Spock, have you ever even seen a noir? Um, I've played Telltale Games The Wolf Among Us. Mm, R.I.P. Telltale Games. Seriously, R.I.P. A great loss for the gaming community. Yes. But, Spock, I'm not sure that you're really grokking the noir concept here. Um, grok in the sense of to understand and innately know? Yes, exactly. Well, then, yes, I think you're absolutely right. I'm a bit lost. Maybe more than a bit lost. Maybe, like really lost. Okay, let's break it down. Noir, or the noir genre, is a type of crime fiction, or just fiction, characterized by cynicism, fatalism, moral ambiguity, as well as, like, problematic depictions of women, ethnic minorities, and folks in the queer community. Oh my. Ah, yes. I must say, sir, <clears throat> I find myself flashing back to our episode on the anxiety gremlins, and in particular, Gremlins 1, with its depiction of suburban psychosis and... Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, those book-ended noir narration in that film, that's like exactly the kind of feel we're going for here in our Starship noir cosplay. Hmm. Yes. Does that mean you want me to dress up like a gremlin, sir? Because I really don't... No, no, I don't want you to do that. We're going for the vibe, <laughs> the feel of noir. Part of the reason we wanted to explore the noir today is its strong resemblance to the individual or internal monologue that each of us have talking away inside of our brains. But not literally, sir. Yeah, literally. In psychology, we often talk about positive versus negative internal self-messaging, along with taking care of our internal self. Our internal monologue, or our internal noir is our mind's conscious extension of this self. Mm. Does this make intuition or the gut feeling the mind's unconscious expression of itself? Yeah, debatable, but like, let's save that for another app. Fair, totally fair. I think I'm starting to understand this internal noir It helps us approach our internal monologue in a new and perhaps even whimsical way. So rather than thinking, I must change my internal self-talk to be more positive, 
which may feel like, I don't know, approaching self-care a bit like a homework assignment. It encourages folks to approach positive change like a detective, investigating ways their internal noir attar both serves and does not serve them, which should empower them to change or shift the way they speak to themselves over time. Yep, you've cracked it. Aw, you always knew I could. Of course I did. (laughs) Now, back to Kirk and Spock, the case of the missing Romulan angel-faced artifact. But, Captain. Yes, Spock? I have just one last question. Of course you do. Yes, well, in my cursory research on noir as both a genre and an art form, it seems, as you previously stated, to be not only highly problematic, but prone to negativity. If part of our purpose is to empower our listeners to shift into more positive self-talk, might this metaphor be a bit too... negative? You're being really literal. Remember on our last away mission, we finished watching the second season of Riverdale? Of course. It's how I decided that I wanted a workout wrestling jersey emblazoned with the words Ram Tough on it. You sure did. Well, our new favorite show is done in the noir style. And our narrator, you can go back to just saying it regular now, uh, and personal hero Jughead Jones Mm -hmm. tells us what's happening in the story whether it be good, bad, or somewhere in the gray area. And he never spends too much time describing those events, merely stating what is. We can think of Jughead as our invitation to mindfulness. You want to put your Jughead hat on now, don't you? I may have washed it. Yes. So what you're saying is that our narrator helps us to notice what is happening around of and inside of us. And then we decide to return to the present moment? Exactly. So when we notice that our internal monologue is more Gremlin's dad than Jughead Jones, it might be time to pause, have a mental milkshake, and return to the present moment. The purpose is not to shame ourselves for feeling Gremlin-y, but simply to notice and get curious, like all of these intrepid noir detectives, about what has us feeling more like suburban psychosis dad and less like the most adorable gang leader to ever sit on the serpent throne. You know, Jughead doesn't sound great when you describe him that way. Maybe I should have gone with Veronica Mars. Well, that's not a bad point. But I think that for folks who've seen Riverdale, they're going to be able to appreciate the softer side of Jughead. (laughs) Indeed. So the other thing that I just really love about noir as a tool uh, is its use of metaphor. It's so metaphorical. I mean, you listen to these noir monologues and they're just, they're full of (coughs) coughing, apparently. Yep. And coughing, for anyone who's not asthmatic, is like a yawn. Because when you hear your fellow asthmatic cough, you too feel moved to (laughs) give a cough as if like a, a way of like saying in a friendly way, I see you and I recognize your lung struggle, and I have it too, so you're not alone. Um, it's lung must stay. It is. Oh, that's nice. It just rolls off the tongue. Lung must stay. Um, <clears throat> that's a lovely use of, bo- of both portmanteau and metaphor, <laughs> which honestly is probably why you love um, the noirator. So noirator? Noirator? Noirator. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing it anymore. No. Okay, that's great. So that's probably why you love noir narration quite so, <laughs> so, so much. Um, because it is. It's full of like simile and metaphor and all this rich imagery and alliteration. Um, 
And that very much speaks to us as narrative therapists because we love a good story. And as we start to notice our internal monologue, we can decide whether or not it's serving us. Just like some of the other um, stories we've talked about in the past, you know, does does this story serve you or is this story not serving you or even harming you? Mm-hmm. Is is Right. Like the example you you used earlier with, you know, is your internal narrator like the gremlins narrator who is terrible and <laughs> clearly did not belong in the story it made no sense it was not serving the plot the purpose nothing it did nothing mm. um or is it more of like a jughead jones situation where i mean it, it's doing something it definitely is painting a picture but sometimes it's a, it's a little macabre if you will mm. And so if you notice that your internal narrator is a bit on the macabre side, you might say to yourself, well, how could I maybe lighten things up a little bit? Like, a, I don't know, BMO Noir. Mm. Mm. What, what would, what would BMO Noir look like? Because you know that I did not get very far in my watching after our last conversation. I do know that. I do think that you will really, really enjoy uh, BMO Noir because it takes all of, you know, like the window dressing of Noir. But of course, the star detective is Bimo, mm-hmm. um, who is a gender non-binary video game uh, and like VHS console. Bimo does oh, everything. I didn't they, know Bimo could also play VHS. I know. Like Bimo is definitely a jack of all trades and a master of many things. So, you know, there goes Bimo just just redoing. <laughs> what, what about Betamax? Can they play Betamax? I have to be honest and say I don't know what Betamax is. <sighs> You weren't old enough to watch Gremlins, and you don't remember Betamax. No, but I feel like we're going to learn about Betamax in another app. But anyway, <laughs> BMO Noir is great because not only does it has like the window dressing of Noir, yes, but it has BMO, who um, is very much creating a voice for like gender non-binary and queer folks, which as we've, as we've talked about historically, they didn't really have a spot in noir. So BMO noir is doing that. And, and very much as typical of BMO, they're coming at it with this fun loving kind of happy attitude. So even though bad things happen, like with Ricky, the rat and the sock and, and, and everything and Lorraine, the chicken, they still maintain <laughs> a sense of <laughs> hope and perseverance. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that might BMO noir might be a, better example of a noir to shoot for than a jughead noir i think so um yeah i think probably especially if if you're looking to use your internal monologue in a mindful way to help you move through challenging situations and keep up an overall sense of hope and positivity bemo noir may be the way you want to go yeah yeah i mean jughead finds a way Jughead always finds a way. Yes, he does. But, yes, he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is on the darker side. What, do, what about Veronica Mars? I don't know. I always feel like Veronica Mars, she's she's so like, uh, what's the right word? Peppy? That, they're so, <laughs> that even though things are really terrible and she is not just parentified, but also spousified, she still, <laughs> she still manages to like keep on going. And surely that's due to her optimistic internal narrator. Yeah. Again, even though things are kind of awful for her, mm-hmm. she she finds a way to make it work. She has people who support her and she internalizes that. Mm-hmm. And I would say her her version of noir narration helps her to identify 
those folks that the community the supports that can actually be helpful to her whereas jughead jones one of the drawbacks to his noir narration is that he can get so inside of his head that he keeps trying to break up with betty yet again because <laughs> his internal narration has just convinced him that he's better off to go it alone which is just as all fans know ridiculous mm -hmm. what i would love and i think the fans deserve right is betty noiration <gasps> that would be wonderful i want to know what's going on in the mind of betty cooper i feel like not only are some fascinating things going on inside the mind of betty cooper but i just i have a feeling that her narration might be a little more optimistic but then again i don't know i don't know i don't know maybe i'm totally wrong yeah because i feel like her narration would be the the dark betty i feel like dark betty would be the one that wants to tell us stuff like, what does Perky Betty want to tell us? <laughs> I, that I she, never. I mean, Perky Betty wants to tell us that she believes in bejeweled collars. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Bughead forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but Dark Betty is like, hey, our town is so fucked up. Yes. And a lot of that is because. Okay, spoilers for people who are not finished with Riverdale Season 2. Good you job. Just, <laughs> you, you just skip over the next 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, her father is the Black Hood. Yeah. Like, come on. She, she already felt like she had this darkness inside of her, and now she has this evidence of this darkness inside of her. Anyway. Anyway. I feel... We've gone off track. <laughs> We've gone a little off track. Um, <laughs> and I have to be honest, I let us I let us get off track. Normally, it's my role to, to bring us back in. But I was so into the interruptions earlier in this app, Captain, that I felt <laughs> like I needed to kind of pay it, pay it back, pay it forward, uh, pay it, pay it some way. Um, and I did that by just like sitting back and, and letting you, um, you know, pontificate and emote. Yes. <laughs> But bringing it all the way back around, um, really the core of this idea is it's a combination of mindfulness and um, positive self-talk. So before you can start to shift how you're talking to yourself, it's really going to be important to just pay attention mm -hmm. to how you're talking to yourself. Notice the number of times that you um, are maybe negative to yourself or hard on yourself or use tough love. Notice the amount of times that you are gentle or understanding to yourself, you know, using an empathic voice as opposed to that drill sergeant voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as we've said with some other topics, like how would you narrate a friend's story if you were being, a, I don't know, an invited creeper to hang out with your friend and they were like, please describe everything I'm doing right now. Would would you say so George is sitting at his computer, not knowing what to say. George is an idiot. George is the worst. Like, of course you wouldn't. That's oh, not no. how you would I that's not, not how you would narrate George's life. No, you'd be like, George is sitting at his computer and he's pausing because he likes to really think about his thoughts and the meanings behind them before he responds because he's sensitive and thoughtful of others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you would probably come up with all sorts of fun metaphor, flowery language analogies for the way George is sitting at his computer. I mean, you you would if you're the captain. <laughs> you definitely would then. But but when you're telling your own story, are you are you in your mind saying the captain is sitting by the computer? thoughtfully alone or are you saying the captain is sitting by her computer not knowing what the fuck to say next <laughs> alone as usual because no one wants to hang out with her or talk to her because she's pontificated <laughs> so much she's driven everyone away because she doesn't know how to have reciprocal relationships <laughs> now let me be clear folks this is not true of the captain at all she's very very good at, at reciprocity um <laughs> in her human connections. But that is a good example of how you might talk to yourself if you were going kind of full on um, and more of that like Jughead Jones or even that a uh, gremlin noir narration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where, where can folks get more info about this stuff that we talked about today? Per usual, I would say hop on the Google. At this point, um, I would imagine listeners that you feel pretty well versed in narrative therapy, but you can always Google it again. There may be some fun facts that you haven't known, and you can see if you can pronounce David David's last name correctly. It's <laughs> Epstein. Oh my I, God, it's I, Epstein. I, I sure can still. Um, positive <laughs> self-talk is going to be one to Google for sure. Internal monologue. And then, of course, mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is a concept that we have talked about kind of off and on here in the Starship Therapies and is probably going to be getting some more um, airtime here real soon. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat-Duffy, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You'll always be our Girl Friday. Tune in for our next app on maintaining the Rebel Alliance, self-care as activism. And be sure to register to vote. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And be sure to tell your friends. And as always, friends, live long and, and prosper. prosper. So for those of you who decided to stick around, you get this very special bonus mindfulness meditation in the noir style. Wherever you are, find a comfortable seat or feel free to lay down. If you're at a desk, I welcome you to kick your feet up on the desk like an old-timey detective You're welcome to have eyes open or closed. This is your office. You don't need to worry about any late night people barging in looking for a detective. You've locked the door. Wherever you are, take a nice deep breath in and let it go. Coming into this space, starting to focus on your breath. There's no need to control your breathing. Simply notice what the air feels like as it comes in 
and goes out. I'll offer you some thoughts. You're welcome to focus on my words or allow them to drift in and out of your conscious awareness as they will. It was a dark and stormy night. You're sitting alone in your office, waiting for that next big case. When you realize that big case is you. Solving the mystery of who you are, what you want, and where you're going. You begin to tune in to the thoughts and feelings happening within yourself as though they were a client that had just strolled through the door and thrown themselves down on the chair across from you asking for help. You listen to their story to their triumphs and struggles and start a plan for how you, this detective, can solve the case. The case of you. Begin to bring your awareness back to your breath. making a commitment to continue following this case once you leave this meditative state. Slowly start to bring your awareness back to the room that you're in, noticing the sounds, the smells, Notice what you feel around you. Give yourself as much time as you need. When you're ready, return to the room and open your eyes. Noir must stay, friends.